Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're on the Jersey Shore of New Jersey with my new friend R.C. Staub, the author of 100 Things to Do at the Jersey Shore Before You Die. The Jersey Shore is a great weekend destination for the two of the largest metro areas on the East Coast, New York and Philadelphia. R.C. has owned homes on the southern and northern parts of the Jersey Shore, so he knows all the best tips. In this episode, R.C. and I talk about New Jersey lighthouses, Cape May Victorians, and Atlantic City casinos. Hear about these three amazing attractions, plus so much more. The show notes will be available at wetravelthere.com forward slash Jersey Shore. Now let's get started. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. Using airline miles and hotel points makes travel affordable, but keeping track of all those loyalty programs can be a challenge. That's why I use AwardWall to track my miles and points balances, reservations, and special goodies like free hotel night certificates and airline companion passes. Having everything in one easy-to-use dashboard helps ensure that I don't lose any rewards and makes logging into my accounts super easy. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash AwardWallet to start your free account. Hey, R.C., welcome to the show. Hey, how are you, Lee? Uh, doing great, buddy. So today we're talking about a place called the Jersey Shore. And for me, growing up, all I knew about the Jersey Shore was the MTV show. But I know you have so much more to tell us all about the Jersey Shore, and it's 139 miles of, of coastline. So I'm super excited to learn everything you got to know. Well, I, I'm happy to uh, tell you where you can actually go to see the house that was in MTV's Jersey Shore, but there's a lot more than the... Uh, Guidos and Guidettes from that show <laughs> from K May to Sandy Hook. Right on. So what's your connection to the Jersey Shore? Like, How do you know so much about it? Well, actually, the very first trip I ever made to the ocean was when I would grow up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and my parents took us on our first big family vacation, and we drove the Pennsylvania Turnpike and the Atlantic State Expressway, and, and I remember seeing the ocean in Stone Harbor, New Jersey, and thinking, oh, this is amazing. What a great place the sand and the sun and the beach treats and things to eat and the ice cream and the water ice. It was just, it was just amazing. So I was fortunate then when I grew up to live in Philadelphia where I worked for many years and my wife and I owned a place in South Jersey along the shore in Brigantine, which is right near Atlantic city. And then fast forward a few more years, we moved back and forth across country and now we have a place in Seabright, which is in the northern part of the Jersey Shore. So I've had the opportunity to both visit there as a kid and then to have a home in South Jersey along the shore and then in North Jersey along the shore. That's really cool because you have a, now you have that diversity of experiences where for the listeners, it's not just a city. It's not just one spot. It's basically the whole coastline there. And it's easy to get to. There's the Garden State Parkway, goes straight down from New York City, intersects the Atlantic City Expressway. In fact, in my book, 100 Things to Do at the Jersey Shore, every listing has an indication of what what exit you want to get off on the Garden State Parkway. That's fantastic. And we're going to talk about your book a little bit later. And I I had a chance to kind of thumb through it a little bit. And I'm just really impressed with all the different things there are to do there. Before we, we get into that, if you had to describe the Jersey Shore or the people that you kind of encounter there in just a couple of words, how would you do that? Wow. In just a couple of words, I would say, you know, it's a beach communities or a series of beach communities along the Jersey Shore, um, but they have more than 400 years of history. We have lighthouses, the oldest 
continuous lighthouse in the United States to um, uh, fishing piers that have been there a long time to the 19th century when part of the Jersey Shore was the called the nation's summer capital to MTV Jersey Shore to today where lots of people from Philadelphia and New York are actually moving to stay here and live here permanently. Well, that's fantastic. So obviously the the summertime is rocking and rolling. It's a great time to be there, dipping in the ocean and everything else. But what's the weather like throughout the year? Well, actually, one of my favorite times of the year to be at the Jersey Shore is in the September and October. The water is still very warm. It's in the 70s. And the weather is typically great. Uh, New Jersey is a place that um, is famous for its food, its Jersey tomatoes. There are lots of farms. It's called the Garden State for a good reason. So you can sample all of the produce and vegetables that have been produced all year, all year long, as well as still dip your toe in the ocean. Yeah, it's not too many places where you can be in a farm one minute and then you're dipping your toes in the, in the water the next. It's kind of surprising to me sometimes. I mean, I can you can go ten miles away and you're and it doesn't feel at all like you're near the ocean. You can't smell it or see it, and it's kind of simple rolling hills with a lot of great farms. In fact, my wife and I just had a couple of meals at the Beach Plum Farm, which is in Cape May, which literally two miles from the ocean. It sits in a place that just looks like a regular farm. It could be almost in the Midwest or anywhere in the United States. Well, right on. That's pretty cool. So if somebody is listening and they want to plan a trip to the Jersey Shore, and obviously the summertime is fantastic, but throughout the year, are there like certain festivals or concerts or fairs or those type of things that they should also think about planning? Well, you uh, you probably have heard of uh, Bruce Springsteen, and there are actually are busloads of concert goers that come down to Asbury Park and Stone Pony because there's a very lively music scene at the Jersey Shore all year round. In fact, Springsteen still lives in Monmouth County, um, and so does uh, John Bon Jovi. They live about 10 miles apart from each other, and on occasion, Springsteen just shows up and plays at the Stone Pony or at the Wonder Bar nearby. So yes, it is a place you can experience great summer vacation, but it's an easy and quick trip from New York to places like Asbury Park, and you can take an easy ride or train ride from Philadelphia to the uh, casino capital of the East Coast in Atlantic City. Coming from California, my main gambling place was Las Vegas. And I always heard a lot about Atlantic City, but I never really experienced it firsthand. So what are some of the things that do kind of in that area of Atlantic City? Well, just like Vegas, they have concerts, uh, music concerts, comedians. There's the big giant casinos along the boardwalk. It's also a place that every day you can go out and get saltwater taffy where it was invented right on the Atlantic City boardwalk. Or you can see sometimes they have um, semi-professional sports in uh, the boardwalk hall, which is where uh, Miss America was crowned. And uh, every once in a while they come back and crown her again there. So it's a lot of fun all year round to experience it. There's a lot of great movies, of course, that have been filmed uh, in Atlantic City, like the movie Atlantic City. So you can even sort of watch them in advance on Netflix or Amazon or your streaming service and then come down and, and watch those scenes take place on the shore. That's pretty cool. Okay, so let's take a step back. If we're planning to come here to Atlantic City, and, and you touched on this a little bit, but if somebody's flying from, like, say, Nashville, where I am, or California, where I used to live, or anywhere else in the United States, or even internationally, they want to come and visit Atlantic City or even the, the Jersey Shore, 
What's the best way to get there? Well, the best way to get there, if you are flying from, say, let's say you live outside of Pennsylvania, New Jersey, New York, or Connecticut, is to fly into Philadelphia. You can combine a stay. You can see Independence Hall, the Liberty Bell, and then you can rent a car and come down to the shore. Or you can go to New York and go to the some of those great museums or see the Statue of Liberty. The Statue of Liberty is actually almost in New Jersey. Um, the best place to see it is Liberty State Park, which is in New Jersey. Um, again, rent a car or there are a couple of good train services, both from Philadelphia into Atlantic City and then from New York on New Jersey Transit to the northern part of the Jersey Shore. So you, you don't have to have a car. If let's say you wanted to go to New York for 10 days and you wanted to spend a weekend at the Jersey Shore, you could easily do that and you wouldn't have to rent a car. Okay. So the car is mainly there for if getting to the Jersey Shore versus while we're there, we don't necessarily need the, the car. Actually, it's the reverse. To getting to the Jersey Shore, you don't really need a car, but probably your best bet once you're here, unless you're just here for a couple of days and you're going to sit on the beach, is to rent a car so you can drive around the different attractions. There's There are 50 different beaches along the Jersey Shore, the 139 miles. And often each town has something different. And there's not an easy way to get from town to town unless you have a car. So I would recommend that even going from where I am in northern part at Seabright near Sandy Hook, which is a, a national park that actually where you can see the skyline Manhattan, you can go 12 miles to Asbury Park and uh, another couple miles to Ocean Grove with this amazing Methodist church camps and um, a 6,000 seat auditorium with incredible acoustics. The best way, honestly, is to run a car. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Because like we talked about earlier that there is 139 miles of, of shoreline. So in order to be able to kind of get the full experience of the Jersey Shore, you want to have that car so that way you can bounce around from beach to beach or city to city. And then, like you said, also is maybe divert a little bit and go check out some of those local farms. Yeah, sure. You're going to, you're going to need to, there's no easy way to get, and it's impossible actually, you know, to get from the farm to the beach to a small town where you want to go shopping or even to Cape May. All those things are, are going to take, take wheels of some sort. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about where we should stay while we're there. Obviously, I guess it depends on if you're flying into New York versus flying into Philly, but do you have a couple of recommendations of maybe certain cities or certain hotels that maybe should, people should think about staying? I would say the three places you should think about staying are, number one is Atlantic City. You have the big, giant casino hotels, have lots of deals right on the boardwalk or on the marina. The second place is uh, Cape May with its wonderful Victorian bed and breakfast, um, some very interesting small hotels. We, my wife and I were just there at a, a new, what was small motel, about 12 rooms, and they turned it into a sort of boutique surfer hotel that's there aren't really surfers there (laughs) (laughs) as much as the the decor is reminiscent of that and they have um, motels and hotels right along the beach and nearby is also wildwood which has these wonderful hotels from the 1950s and 60s in fact they call it the doo-wop district from the the 50s doo-wop sound because those hotels have flourished since that period of time and have maintained a mid-century modern architectural look. Some people call it space age or satellite architecture, but it's it's a lot of fun and, and it's rare. And those are places that are very affordable for the family. And then further north 
Asbury Park has certainly developed as a destination for people from New York for the weekend to come at some really beautiful new hotels and some big hotels that have been redone. And there's a couple of different affordable options, of course, as well as smaller B&Bs and Airbnbs if people are looking for better prices. Okay. So if, uh, say if we had to pick one in, in uh, Asbury Park, I think the Asbury is a, is, a, is a really nice one, right? Oh, the Asbury Hotel is terrific. It has a great top deck. It has, it's dog friendly. I have a dog, my dog, Jack. Jack it can go into the lobby, he can go into a room, he can go up to the bar actually at the top. Um, <laughs> Just uh, cut him off at one drink though. That's right. Exactly. It's called Salvation. And you have a great open air view of all of uh, Asbury Park. Highly recommend that. The same company that owns that owns a couple of different properties. So if that property is sold out, they'll be happy to refer you to a couple of other places nearby. And Asbury Park is a very walkable area. And if you're real lucky, um, you can see Bruce Springsteen maybe driving by in his uh, his 1950s Cadillac, as he did for his new album. That's coming. Oh, that's super cool. Like you mentioned, that some of these hotels are, are kind of small, limited rooms. Like you said, the Asbury maybe sold out. How far in advance should they think about booking their reservations? You know, honestly, unless you're looking at peak weekends like Memorial Day, Fourth of July, Labor Day, or Thanksgiving, you know, you don't have to book them out a long time out. I think that you just have to think ahead if it's in the summer, especially. And this year and in probably the next year or so, people are tending to make shorter term decisions about when to when to book a hotel. So unless you have a very specific hotel that you want and have, you know, it has to have pet friendly or has to be on the ocean or it has to have this kind of an accessibility room, I think you're in pretty good shape just a month or two out. Okay, that that sounds good. Well, I know that obviously we're we're on the coast with here the, the Jersey Shore, so that probably means there's a lot of fantastic seafood. Oh, terrific! Yes, um, places that Cape May and Wildwood is the second largest commercial fishing port on the East Coast. So think about that. That means more fresh fish are coming in. Not necessarily for the restaurants, of course, the restaurants get the byproduct that, but to send throughout. The entire United States. So places that you might think of, like anywhere in Florida, there's more fish that's just coming into Cape May and Wildwood, or even up where we are coming into to Sandy Hook. So there's lots of old-fashioned, famous restaurants like the Lobster House in Cape May, or even Tony Soprano in The Sopranos talks about, at one point, there's an episode called White Clouds, where he brings that Carmen, his wife, to the shore, where he buys a house. And she's like, why are we going there? And he says, oh, we're going to go to bars or off the hook and have a meal, right? So bars has been there for more than 100 years. It's a great place to get um, seafood, and it sits right on the Sandy Hook Bay. That's a, that sounds pretty amazing. Okay, so obviously we, we can eat seafood all day, every day, but we probably want to have something different, whether it's like you know, for breakfast or maybe you want to have a, like a lobster in your omelet or something like that. Where would we go for like a really good breakfast the, you know, in one of these cities? Well, in um, Cape May, I can suggest you go to uh, George's Place, which is one of the famous breakfast places there. It's part of the Cara Restaurant Group. And then there's Fishing Pier Grill that is further north. It's, they have three outlets in Stone Harbor, CL City, and Avalon. They have great brunch and breakfast. And then further north, there's a Toast City Diner, which is in Asbury Park in, in Red Bank. It's kind of upscale 
brunch place, and then a place right near me, My Kitchen Witch, which is in Monmouth Beach. And that's a place that has some great, different, unusual breakfast choices. Oh, that sounds really good because I'm all about the pancakes and the waffles and and all that good, all that good stuff. So, all right, so we got that. Say if I'm if I'm there on a, kind of a date night with my wife, we got grandma to watch the kids and those type of things. Where should we go for like a really good meal, uh, just my wife and me? Well, you know, Atlantic City has high end, famous name restaurants that are in each of their casinos. Uh, you know, that's changing a lot because of all the recent situation, but that's where I would look. I would go to Atlantic City. I would check out the casinos. They have high roller, the same kind of places you're going to find in Las Vegas with top name chefs. All right. That sounds good. Yeah. I know that my wife uh, really loves like Giada. We've been there in, in Vegas and uh, you know, just some of that high end Italian food that sounds so amazing. And my mouth is watering right now just thinking about it. Uh, where should we go for maybe like a nightcap or uh, for like to satisfy our sweet tooth, something like that after dinner? Well, the best places to satisfy your your sweet tooth are along the boardwalks. Atlantic City is famous for saltwater taffy, which was invented there. Still is. You can walk into Freilinger's and James and you can sample as many different kinds of, of saltwater taffy for free that you'd like. Soft ice cream was invented in Jersey Shore. Coors, K-O-H-R-S, is a place that has the best soft serve ice cream. It's up and down the Jersey coast. And then also Johnson's Popcorn, my favorite. They make their own caramel corn right in the stores. There's three of them in Ocean City and Wildwood. And when you walk up to them, yes, you've had caramel corn in an airport. Yes, you probably got it in a bag somewhere. But I guarantee you their caramel corn is the best in the United States. Oh, man, I'm hungry right now. You're blowing my mind right now. It's making me hard to concentrate on thinking about all these, uh, all these tasty treats. RC, I really appreciate you coming on, sharing some like really good tips for the Jersey Shore. I know I've learned a lot, but now it's time for the final countdown. If a traveler only had time for one meal when they visit the Jersey Shore, where should they go and what should they eat? I would suggest going to Atlantic City and going to White House Subs. It's been there. This is where the Beatles ate in 1964 when they visited Atlantic City. You get the best subs or submarine sandwiches in the United States. Anyone in particular? Like, what's your favorite there? I'm a basic ham and cheese and turkey guy. <laughs> but Atlantic City has a lot of uh, Italian residents and a, a lot of history of, of Italians that would come there. So I would highly recommend their Italian subs. All right on. Yeah, my wife is all about that. So obviously, you've had a lot of great memories at the Jersey Shore, starting from as a child coming from Pittsburgh. You know, when you owned your home, uh, when you lived in Philly, and, and now in New York. What's one of your favorite memories? One of my favorite memories is seeing a concert at the Ocean Grove Auditorium. This is a hundred year old auditorium, 6,000 wooden seats. They have, strangely enough, no air conditioning, but they have amazing acoustics that actually rival Carnegie Hall. I was there one night with singers from Broadway and Maureen McGovern put down her mic and said, I just want to sing this song. She walked out to the stage, there were 6,000 people in the audience, and she sang Somewhere Over the Rainbow without a mic, and everybody could hear it. It's an amazing place. I don't, I've never seen anything else like that in the United States. A 6,000 seat auditorium that's 100 years old that doesn't have air conditioning. Wow, that's really cool. Uh, I love when you go to places and you just have these unique experiences like that that you can't find anyplace else. 
So speaking of happy memories and, and good times, where's the happiest happy hour on the Jersey Shore? It's probably going to be in Asbury Park, at Salvation on top of the Asbury Hotel. It's a great place that's uh, very hip and new and where people from New York are starting to come and discover it on a regular basis. I can picture it right now. <laughs> that sounds cool. One of the things I always do whenever I travel is check out the best place for pepperoni pizza. Obviously, New York has their, their own style of pizza. And you got to fold it, collect all the grease, right? What's the, what's the best place for pepperoni pizza in Jersey Shore? Okay, so I can't answer that question because if I did, people would hunt me down and I would get in big, I would get in big trouble because <laughs> the idea that there's one kind of pizza that's better than anywhere else, that's impossible. I mean, if I was going to go get some pepperoni pizza, I would go to one of the six major boardwalks on the Jersey Shore, either Asbury Park, Point Pleasant, Seaside Heights, Atlantic City, Ocean City, or Wildwood. And I would find one of those places that says most famous pepperoni pizza, and that's where I'd get it. All right. Well, I guess I got my, my work cut out for me. I got to hop between all, all six of those piers and figure out which one's the best for me. Exactly. <laughs> nice. Well, I will make sure I include that in the show notes so that way people can make a decision for themselves. So obviously you've been involved with, with travel. You wrote the book about Jersey Shore and, and used to be a travel writer. What's one of your best travel tips? I would suggest that if you were coming to the shore for a day trip or a weekend, Make sure that you get to the beach later and stay late. The best time at the beach is five, six, seven o'clock at night. It's usually quieter. There's a great breeze off the ocean and most of the crowds have gone home. And that's where my favorite memories are made. Watching, looking out across the ocean and hoping to see dolphins or humpback whales. And those, are, those have come back uh, stronger. We've seen humpback whales all summer long here at the Jersey Shore. Yeah, that's really cool. I, you know, I have a bald head, so I love going in the <laughs> in the later afternoon anyways because <laughs> I, that way I don't get burnt. Exactly. It's also when the crowds are the best. I mean, right outside of my house there, 4,000 cars are allowed into Sandy Hook National Park on any given day. And when they get the most crowded, it's always in the morning. Nine, literally nine o'clock, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, it's a huge line. And then at two o'clock, the line is all gone and you can just get into the park and by four o'clock or five o'clock in the afternoon you can pretty much find any place you want to sit and have a you know a drink and and watch the world go by that sounds perfect because that way i get to sleep in too so <laughs> you're here to hear first everybody rc says sleep in don't rush enjoy your breakfast and then show up to one of the beaches a little bit later in the afternoon after lunch and enjoy the rest of the day you got it right on rc well again i appreciate you coming on to the show can you tell the audience a little bit about who you are, what you do, and then let's talk a little bit about your book. I have a lifelong career in tourism and um, cultural. I have a PR and marketing. I work for the uh, largest newspaper company in the Bay Area. I also work for the Philadelphia Convention and Visitors Bureau and have actually spent time helping movie makers make their movies, like movies like Birdie and Witness in the state of Pennsylvania and the city of Philadelphia. And in my second career, I've been living in New York and New Jersey, and I've been writing musicals and uh, plays. And you can find a little bit more about that on my website at www.rcstob.com. Fantastic. Well, if people have uh, more questions about your book, 100 Things to Do at the Jersey Shore Before You Die, or just more questions about the Jersey Shore that maybe you can answer for them, what's the best way for them to reach you on social media? 
you can go to my website, 100 things, 100 things, jerseyshore.com, or it's the same on Facebook, Jersey, 100 things, Jersey Shore public group, and a 100 things, Jersey Shore Facebook page, where I post lots of my photos and information. I'm particularly good about giving people tips after the summer for where you can go for Halloween or where you can go for Christmas holidays, Easter, and then then give you updates in the summer about about their beaches. Uh, 100 Things Jersey Shore on Twitter and Instagram will also get you to me. And I'm always happy to answer questions through people who ask me questions through Messenger on Facebook. Well, fantastic. Again, I appreciate you coming on the show. I'm glad that Reedy Press introduced us. And again, we'll have the links to all this on the show notes. It's been a pleasure getting to know you and learn more about the Jersey Shore. I know I learned way more than it is than just the MTV TV show. So <laughs> there's a lot going on in the Jersey Shore beyond that, especially for families like mine. And, uh, you know, we look forward to seeing you when we travel there. Thanks a lot, Lee. We hope to have you. What a fun conversation with RC. You can find all the links we talked about today at wetravelthere.com forward slash Jersey Shore. We want to say thank you to Award Wallet for being today's affiliate partner. It's my favorite way to track airline miles, hotel points, and all the other loyalty programs. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash Award Wallet to start your free account today. Join us next time as we visit New Orleans, Louisiana to speak with my new friends Angela and Mark Espiazzo from NoSecretTours.com. In this episode, we talk about the French Quarter, live jazz music, and the World War II Museum. We hope you join us when we travel there. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, please share it with your friends and tell them what you like most. Make sure you subscribe, that way you don't miss any of our upcoming destinations.